You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, it's UFC 261 this weekend, and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried Fantasy MMA yet, what are you waiting for? It's super easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, hockey and basketball are still going on, and DraftKings has even more ways for you to rack up the money throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That promo code is THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the We Still Suck Podcast. Podcast. Okay, let's start with. Uh, let's start on a high note. Let's start on. Uh, let's talk about Sam Bennett, ex Calgary Flame, having some great success after three games in Florida. He's got three goals, three, three goals in three games with the Florida Panthers. And uh, Dom, uh, was it Dom Simon? Did he score a goal with us yet? Does he have one? I don't think Dom Simon even has a point this year. Maybe he's got an assist or something. I know he's assisted on a lot of the other team's goals. <laughs> I think Nordstrom has one goal, though. Definitely. Nordstrom has one goal. Brett Ritchie has two goals. He's back in the top six. You got to love that, hey? Well, you need those guys who can't score and can't skate in your top six. It's really important to have fucking dead weight in your top six. Yeah. Really it's... fucking important. You All got... the good teams have them. You know what the best strategy across the board is? Just throw a fucking anchor right in your top six. That'll help you win games. <laughs> Sam Bennett also uh, playing some really good hockey for the Panthers. His last uh, few games, here's his expected goals for percentage. 78%, 84%, 85% at 5-on-5. Oh, it's because he's playing with fucking Huberdeer. So, That's why. Oh. Oh, it's okay. funny what happens when you throw a, a decent player with some uh, high end talent. Eh? His 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 goals were sweet. I know everybody's like, oh, anybody could have scored those goals. Did uh. you see him bat the puck out of mid air? You could do that at home sitting on your couch with your Cheetos. You could have done that. Okay. I love how one guy's like, uh, oh, he basically just shoveled it in from two feet away. Uh, yeah, that's usually what a goal is. Yeah, you know what the expected goal uh, value on that one was? A wide open net right in the crease. It's pretty high. So it's, I don't know what it's generally how you score goals, man. I don't know what shocks me more. The fact that Sam Bennett comes out, has three goals and two assists in three games while demolishing players, while fighting that, or the fact that you have Calgary Flames fans trying to poo-poo the whole situation. Oh, he sucks. It's like, yeah, we realize he's not going to be a 90-point getter, but can't we like and cheer for the guy and be like, yeah, we're really glad he's doing well for his first few games. I don't know. That's what I don't get. I hope he goes off. I hope that this <laughs> isn't too. I hope this isn't a flash in the pan because this is the one thing, right, that, that you know, we were still saying, well, we still haven't really seen Sam Bennett, you know, given – he had, look, he never got an opportunity like this with the Flames. He didn't. 
Was he ever put in second line center with excellent teammates? Well, everybody's saying like, oh, he's played with Gaudreau and Monaghan this year. I don't know if you've been paying attention this year, but those two guys aren't particularly uh, <laughs> like up to snuff. So, I mean, Jonathan Huberto and Anthony Duclair are a step up from the ghost of Sean Monaghan or Mark Jankowski <laughs> or James Neal or... Derek Ryan and Brett Ritchie or whoever else he's played with in the last two years. Good on the Florida Panthers uh, for putting him in a spot right off the hop. Because if there's one thing we know about Sam Bennett, the guy lives and dies with confidence. I don't understand how you can come into the league, make your rookie debut in the playoffs and score more goals than half the rest of the team. And then struggle from then on. Well, he actually had a good first season under Hartley and then basically struggle from there on out. Well, it will be really interesting to see if he like, cause again, I don't expect him to be some, I don't expect him to be on their top line center or even their second line center for the next however many years, but it will be interesting to see because is he going to be like Joel Colborn where, yeah, that's really all he was and he's not in the league in two years, or is he going to go off somewhere? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. What? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the main thing of interest to watch is, is there a difference in how the organization in Florida handles this player? And if there is, if there's a direct correlation to the to results and success he has on the ice, um, because that was the one thing we were harping on. It's just like, okay, by the end of it, I was, I'm, I'm so, dude, by the end of it, I was sick of Sam Bennett. Oh yeah, same. So I'm not saying this team, the, the Calgary Flames organization, should have kept him at this point, but I still think you should have handled the player much differently, given the last five years that he was here. And so that's what I'm curious to watch: is do the Florida Panthers, does that organization handle this player differently? And if they do, does it lead to sustained sustained results? That's going to be curious for me. To watch that's why i'm very intrigued by the situation and how can you not just fucking love sam bennett dude did any everybody who watched his, ryan leslie did a uh instagram live with him i think it was right after his first game and i mean the dude how can you not like the dude he's talking about how much he loves the fans in calgary and he was pretty much apologizing he was like i'm i'm pretty impressed that most of them still like me, even though I had some struggles. It's like, how can you all love that guy? I love that guy. Guy's a warrior. Um, you think he's exciting to watch now. Just and wait. The Florida, and the Florida Panthers are they're actually, they are kind of exciting to watch. Dude, they're a great team to watch. They're fun. They're ahead of the lightning right now, for Christ's sake. They're, they're second in the division. What kind of division is this where Tampa's in third, by the way? Holy crap. What can Sam Bennett do on a good team going into the playoffs? Because we haven't seen that before. We've only seen him on a shit team. We've only seen him in Calgary. Imagine when the other guys are freed of the freed of the shackles of Calgary. <laughs> yeah, he's, probably, he's probably texting everybody from the beach. Yeah, no shit, his eh? first tax-free check just was deposited into his bank account he's like johnny money get out of there as soon as you can boys hey guys look what can happen when you get out of that shithole we shouldn't talk too uh we should, shouldn't talk too down on on, on calgary i don't not, mean the city i mean the not as a shithole but yes the organization is not in my good books currently no definitely not how can they be we fucking suck we suck and it's depressing and like, well, I mean, Sean Monahan sure thinks there's still a chance to. Oh yeah, get, get uh, back into things. We got uh, we to win some games here. Uh, starts starts uh, starts tomorrow night. Starts it starts. That's what it starts. It, it starts, starts with eleven games left in the season when hey, you're in almost last place. Hey everybody! In case you didn't know, it starts tomorrow night when it starts. Yeah, we need to win games, and uh, yeah, it starts tomorrow. So we gotta we gotta focus on being ready for for tomorrow night, and uh, and go from there. 
I cannot even listen to these players anymore. Not a goddamn one of them. Manjupani comes on. He's like, yeah, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. Oh, you think? A little bit. Mark Giordano, notoriously. Yeah, yeah, we can learn from that one real quick. (laughs) So they just got to learn from what happened in the previous 30-whatever games, and then it all starts now. Get a 3% chance to make the playoffs starts now. I'm learning how much. These guys must have learned a lot over the past seven years. eh? Boy, it's just that's all I ever hear is how much they're going to learn from this one. They must be writing fucking books by now. eh? Boy, I can't wait for the bestseller like chicken soup for the Flames fan soul coming out in a few years. Ford by Mark Giordano. (laughs) What I learned. From playing on a shit awful team for two seasons. The trials and tribulations. When is he going to learn to not blast the puck from the blue line every time it touches his stick? Why hasn't he learned that one yet? When is he going to learn to aim around the shin pads? Huh? When are you learn that? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Moving on from Sam Bennett. Why don't we go right to David Riddick? Oh, we got to we got to come to this man's defense. Who, uh, if you want to talk about the opposite situation right now in Toronto, and look, he played. This was his his, first, his second start. His second start. His first start was against Calgary. Yeah. Played a played a fine game. None of those goals were his fault. His second appearance was coming in relief of Jack Campbell. I think he was fine. I think he let in one. Then his second start against the Vancouver Canucks the other night, uh, he was doing fine until the third period. And then he was literally letting in shots from anywhere and everywhere. Um, just floaters to the net. Did you see both the goals? The Pearson goal particularly was uh, well <clears throat> quite rough. And listen, when you let in two stinkers back to back, it makes them both look atrocious. Like yeah. you can get away with one. Okay. You can maybe get away with one. If you've been playing well, if you've been playing suspect and you let in a stinker, not acceptable. If you let in back to back. Whoa. So I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even bother seeing what Leafs nation had to say about it. Cause I already knew what they were saying, but I don't know if you saw anything. I was saying this last time is the Leafs fans have overtaken the Oilers fans this season for being the most annoying, the worst to deal with online. Like they were crushing this poor guy. And we've had a history with a certain dipshit named JD Bunkus. Yeah, Um, it's bunk ass. Bunk ass, JD bunk ass, being a dick to David Riddick. I mean, he comes on Calgary radio. Was this last season? I think it was like two seasons ago. It's early in the season. I don't know. No, no yeah, no, it was the beginning of, the beginning of uh, last season because he was, he, it was going to be him, the starter. And he thought that was pretty laughable. Yeah. Bunkus thought it was hilarious that we in Calgary, our starting net manor was David Riddick. By the way, he, I hope he knows it's Riddick now. Has he learned that? That it's not Riddick. It's Riddick. Has he learned that professional sports analyst dipshit? So JD Bunkus goes off about why did the Leafs trade a third for check Michael Hutchinson? Yo, JD Bunkus. I will, I will refrain from saying what I'd like to say right now. You want to keep it PC? Eh? I want to keep it. I want to keep it, you know, kid friendly today. Cause the last one I was dro- dropped a few too many. Hey, so, JD Bunkus. JD Bunkus. Suck go, it. Go put your head in a vice. Seriously. Turn the knob. Who is this guy? Who is this JD Bunkus? Listen, and it's fine. If if you want to be whatever, like pundit, I mean, I, I don't even have a problem if Steve Daniels says something like that, but if this guy is legit, legit media, that's inappropriate right there. Leave David Riddick alone. You pieces of crap in Toronto do not deserve this man. I hope he walks. I hope he leaves. Dude, there's no way he will resign. Um, Dave, get out of that hellhole. If this goes on. Remember how I said I was cheering for the Leafs? I don't know if I can do that anymore. 
because I can't, I don't want their fan base to be happy. I'm going to cheer for David Riddick. Yeah. But I'm not going to cheer for the Leafs. Me neither. Leave Dave Riddick alone. What's your problem? You letting two bad goals? Big deal. All your other goalies suck. They, it's funny to me. They worship Jack. Like, how much did you hear about Jack Campbell from the Leafs media on his little winning streak there about how he's a god? Oh, this guy. Oh, he's so funny. He's so relatable. Such a great guy. Then he loses a couple games and they want to shit all over him again. They're the worst. I was watching the, the dangle video earlier. <laughs> it was funny because he was talking about how everybody's going off, right? And, you know, somebody, one of the blue check marks or whatever, is just like, when was the last time the Leafs had an actual goaltender? And somebody replies, uh, two weeks ago when some guy went 10 and 0. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Exactly. Right. So I don't know. What do you think is going on with David Riddick? You just think it's a one off? That was terrible. I don't think we've seen him that bad. I mean, yeah. probably, but he ha- like that is his kind of his thing, right? Like that was one of his problems here is he let in bad goals. No, like his high da- danger save percentage was always pretty good, but what he was known for was letting in the softies, the stinkers, the ones, the backbreakers. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised to see him letting a few bad goals. I've seen him. Le- I've seen him let in plenty of bad goals. So that's what you get. He's a backup goalie. What do you expect? Hey, what do you expect? What do you expect? So yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. I'm sure he'll be okay. They brought him in there to give, to give Campbell some rest. That's it. I don't know what everyone's all in such a huff about with Dave Riddick. So Vancouver goes two and so was the twenty day <laughs> was the twenty days off a good thing or a bad thing? Because it was being hyped up as a bad thing. Dude, was it a, was it a good thing? What are we gonna do? All I know is the Vancouver Canucks are placing ahead of us in the standings. This the Vancouver season. Canucks have a better winning percentage than we do. They're two points back of us with six games in hand after their team was just decimated. They're like. This is what's funny to me right now that's going on is like the fire bending thing is going around. But yeah. nobody says a word. They're going to be ahead of us. They're going to be better than us. They're better than us right now. Their winning percentage is higher. They're 500. Everyone's like, oh, fire bending. What about Brad? <laughs> we, we're worse than the Canucks. Oh, my God. It's sad. I wonder what um, the approval rating from the athletic survey was on Benning because Calgary fans apparently love Brad. Dude, everybody thinks Brad is great. Everybody thinks, yeah, we trust Brad. What was it? Yeah. Like 70% of the, the survey responders trusted Brad she living or something ridiculous. Roll out the red, red carpet for this bozo. He's done a great job. Real great. I, we're going to Vancouver again. They lost their starting net minder. They lost Krista. They lost half their team in the off season. Lost half their season to being decimated by injuries. Elias Pedersen is still out. The whole COVID thing happens, and they're still better than us. Dude, they they were they went through, what, two and a half weeks without playing a game, and we still couldn't pass them in the standings? <laughs> Why couldn't our team get COVID? So we wouldn't have to watch this bullshit. It's unreal, man. Obviously, I'm kidding, but fuck. It's unreal. So we suck. It's official. And it's, and uh, I don't know, man. I think what we have to do is start looking at what this team needs to do because we're not making the playoffs, man. It's just not going to happen. Oh, what do you mean? It starts tomorrow night. You just got to win tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to start playing, right? Yeah. They've been holding it. They've been holding back for for a while. And now they're they're ready to roll. I'm surprised Sean wasn't like, well, we got three games against Montreal, and then, uh, yeah, it's going to be the Senators after that, and it's going to really start then. That next game against the Senators, that's when the season's going to start. Yeah, three, a week from now, when there's only like six games left in the season, that's when we're going to start, yeah. They're going to go one and two against uh, uh, the Habs, and Giordano's going to be like, we've got to learn, from, we gotta learn <laughs> from this real quick here if we want a chance. Uh, we're going to be going into the last. Bit, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. We're going to be going into the last game of the season 
where it's like if we the only stakes will be if we lose, we're in last and Ottawa passes us and Geo or whoever will be on there and just be like, yeah, well, we just have to come out and have fun tonight. It's just, you know, we just have some fun and we'll finish last in the worst of it. This has been so depressing. So I think how has it come to this? I don't know, man, but uh, it's over. Like the the run that this team had, the eighteen nineteen has completely come and gone. It's fizzled out. It's gone. It's faded. Bye bye. Do you think we'll be better? Moment of silence. Do you think we'll be better next year? Because gee, I don't don't think so. Like what? It's going to come down to Sutter. Can Sutter? Yeah. Single handedly make this team better. I think. I still think he can. But man, it's, it is not encouraging to, to watch. And look, I guess they won three in a row and they lose one. But it's the fashion that they continue to lose in. Or is oh, it just? It's that they just, lose. They. It's like, like you said, they had a, a golden opportunity presented to them, one which they did not deserve. Didn't deserve that. Didn't deserve to have a chance to beat Ottawa to get back into this thing for realsies, because Connor McDavid shit out a golden egg for you and helped beat the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadians are falling flat on their face presented a golden opportunity and they still blow it. That's what's, fr- that's, what's just infuriating about the whole thing. After you've already lost to Ottawa 10 times this year. Yeah, I um, am. I'm at a loss for belief, man. I really just don't believe in this group. <laughs> I wonder if Brad does. I'd love someone to ask him that. Do you still believe in this group? <laughs> I don't believe in this group. Like, you know, this is it. Like that. I don't know why, but well, I do know why. Like it's over, man. Yeah. It's over. Everyone knows it. This it's season, over. this season's over. I mean, in general, it's over. Like, because listen, how do these guys bounce yeah. back next year? How? Yeah. In general, this this group, it's done. So, if you're shrewd in terms of managing this team, you got to start over now. You don't even have a lot of pro- you don't have deep prospects pool. It's not like you need to rebuild that prospect pool. Like, what are they going to do next season? They're going to ice this group again. Well. Exactly. Like, what are your options? What are your options? But here's the thing: is it's like, I mean, you keep pulling this up, right? What Sutter says: it's not whether you win or lose; it's whether you're winning or losing. And as a hockey player, are you on a projection of getting better or worse? Because who on this team, other than Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin, Mangiapane, is on a projection of getting better currently? No, no one. And it's not even like, you know, it's a small slope of deep regression for the rest of the team. It's a cliff. Everybody's falling off a fucking cliff. Your tops, your top players, Goudreau, Monaghan specifically, I guess he's never going to, like, I guess he's never going to come back. Goudreau doesn't look like he's getting back to the, the elite level. Backland, hell no. Kachuk, he should bounce back, but. Yeah, he should. I don't know. We've been saying that all fucking season, and apparently falling on your face is not bouncing back. So. It's just such a mess. You have no like, no assets that anybody wants, no assets that are going up in value. The prospect pool is like, who do you got? You got Valimaki and like Matt Phillips for like NHL ready guys. That's it. It's just, it's, it's a really weird and I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they can do. There's not much to do, man. So I like think it's at some point you got to think you got to start heavily developing these prospects, right? Like at what point are we going to see Michael Stone at a lineup and Shillington playing fucking games as well as Rizichka instead of Richie in the top six, dude, like this is ridiculous right now. As of this point, there should be at least at least one of these guys playing Shillington. Like, I guess I don't know what their thing is with Shillington. Daryl even said after the uh, the game the other night, he was like, "Oh, why did you lose?" or whatever. One of the dumb reporters asked him some stupid question, 
And one of his answers was our defense was a lot slower than their defense. So like, then play Shillington. Jeez. Like, do you remember the last guy, game that guy played? He made that sweet feed to Lindholm that I don't even know who they were playing. Yeah. But it was a sweet goal. He goes zone to zone and sets up Lindholm right in front, scored. I don't understand this. Like, are they just playing like, I can't believe Brad Living is not playing. What does he play? Guess who or checkers when the rest of the league is playing chess. Like, I can't believe he's playing chess and like, just, oh, I'm hiding you or uh, Shillington for the expansion draft. That's not going on. No way. Like, they don't like this guy for some reason. I don't know why. It's stupid. Is there any scenario where you're not a better team currently if Shillington's playing over Rasmus Anderson? <laughs> no, what, Anderson's what, terrible. What value is Anderson bringing to your team right now other than a negative one? Nothing. He's doing nothing right, man. So at what point, like, here's the thing, like you have, you literally have to take minimum bar none or else your season is completely kaput five out of the next six points out of Montreal. Dude, you got to get six, all six in regulation. Well, either that or you, yeah, probably you do. (laughs) You could probably still maintain your stupidity of, yeah, it starts tomorrow night. Starts against Ottawa. Starts tomorrow. Well, you just. But literally, if you don't get, if you even get four out of six points, like it's done. It's over 100%. Like it's completely finished. If you even get five points and Montreal gets a point, like three points, because you beat them in overtime or something, it's over. So at what point do we see some of these prospects get called up and actually start playing. Like when are they going to develop these guys? Obviously the current group is not the the answer here. It's not the solution moving forward. Well, dude, like this has been a long problem for the flames in general, but under Shree living as well. I saw somebody tweeted out and I don't have the tweet in front of me, so I might be a little wrong, but it was like something to the effect of like the flames are one of the, they've only graduated like six players in the past, like seven years or something like one of the lowest in the league in terms of like letting young guys make their debuts in the NHL. It's absurd. Like you remember how, ha- remember how long it took them to put Dubé in the lineup? That's because like, tree living and his coaches have a fascination with, you know, playing guys like reader Richie. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. In the, in the t- last season, Dubé had a great training camp. Bill Peters is shitting all over him. Then they sign. Who'd they sign that year? Ronaldo, Reader. It's one other guy. They signed three PTOs, and I can't remember the other guy. Um, Real rememberable, eh? Exactly. Yeah, and they played over Dubé for like months. It was a D-man, wasn't it? Was it? I don't remember. But like these, I don't get, like, what is with these guys and not wanting to develop players? It's ridiculous. I don't even know. Like, wh- why is that their organizational philosophy? Especially when, like you're saying, these guys suck. There's no downside here. They suck. I don't get it. So if we're going to analyze um, anything of the current group with any hope remaining. So, okay. Well, I mean, the last podcast was we came on right after the game was over. We were hoping to get three days of practice in because that seems to be the only situation where you can see results in terms of wins. But of course, Monday is a mandated day off. So they only had two. They practiced on two on Wednesday. Sorry, Tuesday was a mandated day off. They practiced on Wednesday. They practiced today on Thursday. We didn't touch on this out in the last podcast, but Daryl Sutter was fucking pissed after that loss to the Ottawa Senators. Notably, I have, usually he keeps his cool. He's been keeping his cool after losses so far, even even amidst the nine or eight out of nine games losing streak that we were on. But he looked really pissed. He looked frustrated. Darryl, just uh, in, in general, what, what did you think the difference between the two teams was tonight? I think their defense was a lot quicker than ours. I thought our defense played a really slow game. Would Eric Francis 
Joe, can you just talk about the role that turnovers played and the difference in this game? It seemed like it was obviously the difference in the game. Well, there's three or four guys, Eric, so don't generalize it. There's three or four guys that were uh, good players that turned the puck over several times tonight. What is it about this Ottawa team that has allowed them to have uh, the Flames number all year? Uh, it's until, in, I think, in this building, the Flames have played pretty good this year. In their building, they hadn't. Any further questions for Daryl? Ryan Pike? Is Ryan on there? Yep. Uh, Daryl, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, what do you think wasn't working for your club on those two power plays in the third period? Because it seemed like... Too slow. Too slow. It wasn't just... The, the power play was too slow. They passed the puck too slow. And, and the same guys who turned the puck over all night were the same guys who turned it over in the power play for the most part. You, gotta, you can't pass the puck in the net. You got to shoot it in the net. We got guys that didn't have a shot and goal, probably five or six turnovers, and didn't get a shot and goal. So he didn't call it any names, but um, pretty obvious who he's talking about. He says three or four guys, good players for us, turned the puck over several times tonight. Um, like you said, he said the defense played a really slow game. This comes back to what we've been saying for weeks, for months. Where's the pace? Break out with speed. We've got no transition. You can't, you know, you're not able to press. You're not able to generate anything without that. And then somebody asked him about the power play. He said, oh, too slow. Power play was too slow. The guys move the puck around too slow. And then he said, the same guys that turned the puck over all night turned the puck over on the power play as well. He said, you can't pass the puck into the net. You have to shoot it into the net. And he said, we got guys that probably had five or six turnovers. <coughs> Matthew Kachuk, <coughs> Johnny, <coughs> Kudrow, that didn't have a shot on goal. So you're, <laughs> I mean, this is my last shred of hope. It's like this guy at least knows what's going on on the ice. That was why, you know, Jeff Ward was weighing over his head. It's like, yeah, your team stinks, and you have no idea why, bud. Like, you're you're out to lunch. You're moving over your head. At least Sutter can break it down to actual details, X, Y, Z, X's and O's of why your team isn't getting results. And then he goes to put Fritchie back in the top six. <laughs> so that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, lots of giveaways. Gaudreau had five. Kachuk had four. Valimaki had Valimaki oh. had three. Dude, Valimaki was a tire fire again. Yeah, he was an absolute mess. Yeah, Gaudreau had Gaudreau. I don't even think Gaudreau had a shot attempt in that game. So, and he's been look. Setter has been harping on this. If you want to come back to look, I'm always all for hanging on for hope because that's like the only reason why I would still want to watch a game, right? So if you want to come back and address the, the situation as a whole with the current group and can we see success moving forward? Obviously these guys have to stop falling off a cliff. They need to turn, they need to have a resurgence in their career. That's what we've been waiting for. You know, we've been, we've been under the impression that Ward has taken us to this point and it might be a point of no return for some of these players. Like it literally might, but, but you know, the, the nice the nice hopeful thing too, as well, is look at a guy like Sam Bennett. Let's see if he can keep it up, because that goes that goes to point that it's not necessarily the players. Well, and again, like I don't know, I just don't know how you can keep rolling out with so many of these guys who are just obviously regressing. You know, like that's what's kind of bumming me out. Is like. Yeah, I haven't seen any sign. I've been on here defending Sean Monahan forever. It's like he is not <laughs> apparently going to ever get back to the level he was at. No, it doesn't look like it. So, and so then what? What is what is he now? That's where we're kind of at. We're in this limbo phase. We don't know. We didn't know what Sam Bennett was. We still don't really know. Maybe there's a shred of hope there for him. Maybe there's a shred of hope there for for uh, Monty in a different club, different organization. 
Maybe they should try to hope for Johnny. Probably. I mean, out of everybody, you think Johnny would be the easiest to have a bounce back season elsewhere. Well, yeah, and he's he's been okay this year too. Like he's been much better than he was last year for sure. Yeah. I just the thing that's like I like you said, limbo, I think is a good way to put it. I don't know. Like, and I don't think the team does either. And that's always been the problem. Like pick a direction and go for it. Yeah. The other comparable you can, you can draw to, to see where the future, what the future holds is remember when the Oilers fired. What's his nuts? Which one? McClellan. Todd McClellan. Yeah. They fired McClellan in the middle of the season it, it was it was bad, dude. And their team isn't much better than it is now. Like, not a lot, right? Like, I mean, yes, they've made improvements. But the biggest thing that the Oilers have improved on is their, their team play. They brought in Hitchcock, some success, and then Tippett under the first season, meh. They were okay last year. They're good. Like, they've, they've progressed. And Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl, or maybe slightly better than they were in the past three seasons, but not by a long shot, right? Their team, their general manager made the roster better. What? Amazing what happens. Amazing what happens. Well, it's, funny. Mean, it's amazing what happens. When just, you as a little, just as an aside, last night Montreal is playing uh, the Oilers. And who's, who? what did you text me about Anderson and Toffoli? Combined for three goals last night. Right, and how many goals have uh, Nordstrom and Simone combined for this year? Oh, one. one. Okay, one. Yeah, okay. Just check yeah. check my math on that. Okay, good pickups. But I mean, yeah, because if you the thing is, if you look at the Flames, how they're playing, they're still playing okay. They just need some goal scoring, right? Yeah, and if you're looking at you know the Sutter body of work as a whole. It's going to be really hard to measure what you have in the middle of a season like this, right? Like there's not enough time to implement enough change for long enough to have sustained success. That's what, that's the battle that Sutter is communicating without really going out and say it, right? That's the battle he's dealing with. We've seen that. The reason why I pull up that Edmonton Oilers as a comparison, it was kind of the same thing. It wasn't until the, you know, the second full season under Tippett where they started to see some results. So, and then obviously the general manager making your team better. Still such a, such a bizarre concept for here in Calgary. Yeah? <laughs> Crazy man. It's, it's insane. And I mean, again, like <clears throat> we come on, it's kind of like a release valve, really this cyclical thing of like, okay, you finally get back into it and then they suck against Ottawa. And then it's just like, you got to release all those emotions because that was frustrating as shit. But again, if you look at Sutter's body of work, they have been better. They've been much better. I'm looking at some statistics across the league. Right now, the Flames place 11th in five-on-five expected goals percentage in the league. They're still, they're still doing some decent things on the ice since Daryl Sutter took over, right? Is that, is that for or against? Four, so that yeah, 50, really? 51, yeah, fifty one point six one percent sandwich between the Wild and the Bruins. So, like, if you if you get decent goaltending, if Jacob Markstrom and David Riddick don't let you down for ten games, eleven games there, and you get a few goals, you're probably looking. You're probably not in such a dire situation. And if this is eighty two games, everything sucks right now. And I wish they tank, and I wish they'd blow it up, but they won't do that. So. Like you said, the, our Daryl Sutter's are still our best hope. Yep. That's he's the bottom the, line. He, he's the last remaining shred of hope. And then if if that is true, then Brad also needs to make the team better if you want any hope. Because if Daryl's going to actually bring this team some, some results next season, he's going to need a better roster to work with. And it doesn't even need to, you don't need to go out and sign Taylor Hall. You don't need to go and spend like $20 million that you don't have. Just make some shrewd additions. Right? Like be shrewd. Exactly. Instead of trying to like revitalize guys from the dead or just like, who is Brett Ritchie? Who? You're picking up Breeder? That's going to be our, like, 
Those are going to be our new top six guys. We're signing we, Stone again? Because you know what happens as soon as you bring in a PTO player. Oh, what's the over-under until he's guys in the top six? Eight games. We literally, well, we got it a bit wrong because in the offseason, we're like, oh, Nordstrom's the new best right winger. But we, we are off because it was Simone and then it was Richie. But concept still applies. Nordstrom will probably be the next one. It's just, yeah, man, like I want this. The countdown to this season being over is painstaking right now. And it's, it's, it's bumming me out. Yeah. So the only thing, like, obviously, this is my shred of hope where it's like, okay. And I think they're probably going to go one more kick at the can. Don't you? I think if Brad Living is still the general manager, still the general manager, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think ownership is going to allow him to go through the rebuild. I just don't see it happening. No. But like you said, right? Keeping things into perspective amidst all the bullshit, this team is getting better. And I think that's all that Sutter is referring to is like, whether you're winning or losing, are you getting, are you in the direction of getting better progressively implement like incrementally bit by bit, just so happens you're at an all time low. So even if you're incrementally getting better and better, it might take you a bit to actually be above 500. So, I mean, if you listen to what he's saying, like he's he today in the past week, past two weeks, he's been hammering on this group in terms of the lack of experience they have. And on one hand, you're like, fuck, I don't want to hear that. It's kind of like one of those things where you don't want to look at it. It kind of goes along with, yeah, we don't have the firepower. I don't want to hear that either. But at some point, right, if that is true, if he if his assessment is accurate, which it probably is because he's pretty accurately assessing everything else, then, then what, right? I think he knows what the what is. I think he knows what the solution is. And that's what he's trying to hammer home with these guys, trying to instill with these guys, because he's still talking about, if you're looking at the Ottawa game and his assessment there, he's still basically saying this team doesn't have enough maturity, doesn't have the wherewithal to play consistent on a nightly basis and on a game-by-game basis, period-by-period basis, and a shift-by-shift basis. And I know... He's alluded to it. He said it, called it out. That's what he's trying to instill. And if you look at, you know, all the shit these guys got before Sutter was even announced head coach, look back at all the coaches, Underward, Peters, Galdson, Hartley. It's all been the same thing. All this, it's the core, it's the core, blah, blah, blah. Right. They, they don't have what it takes. They don't know. Like, so Sutter is basically saying the same thing. But where we've always been on the side of the fence is it's like, yes, if that's true, is that their fault? They need coaching. They need someone to take them to the next level. I'm still hanging on hope that Sutter is the guy, right? Even though it's hard, it really is. Yeah, and I mean, what else are you going to do? Because yeah, uh, it's, it's either that or you go insane. <laughs> Literally, this is a microcosm. So I don't get this, man. I want you to tell me in a way, like do your best. Try to explain it to me in a way I can, I can be like, okay, okay, okay. Why is Richie in the top six? Tell me why, why? Because he's a big boy. I really don't know why. All we've heard Daryl say about it is that he can skate. For a big guy, that's really it. I ha- I don't know why. And it seems to be more of a, because we were talking about this earlier. I was like, okay, I understand bumping Dubé down, right? I get that. I got, been, no, I got no problem with Dubé. He's been down. inconsistent. He hasn't been very good. He's absolutely zero problem. But why and not? He definitely fa- and Dubé definitely falls into the category of what Sutter's talking about. It's like, you know, there's not enough, there's not enough maturity, there's not enough experience to be able to put it out there for a full 60. Cause we always see him dip near the end of the game. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he tends to fade toward he, he tends to have really good stretches and really bad stretches, especially at five on five. So 
It seems to be more about Dubé, but I just don't get why Richie is the guy you keep putting with the top six. It makes no sense to me. What does this guy do well? What does he do well? Because for me, when you have a guy like Sean Monaghan, what Monaghan needs is somebody who can get the puck out of his own zone. I guess he's got Andre Mangiapane to do that, but I mean, Brett Ritchie really nullifies the rest of it. I don't see one redeeming quality of Brett Ritchie. I do not. I see nothing. Can he score goals? No. I guess he can hit. So yeah, what? He, even then, like he doesn't have the speed exactly. to, go make, to go and get the hit done. He doesn't have, like, you watch Mangiapane play, a guy who is physical, but can use his physicality to get a puck so he can score a goal or set up a goal. I do not understand the Brett Ritchie experiment. I don't know why somebody doesn't ask, say, Daryl, Brett Ritchie's playing in your top six again. What's going on with that? Yeah. Like, I've been racking my brain. I keep trying because, like, I've been pulling up stats from the past. He had a couple really good years in Dallas, like three, four years ago. In 16-17, he had 16 goals, eight assists, 24 points. So I'm like, well, maybe there's something there. I don't know. But, like, I just... I've watched Brett Ritchie play this year. Everyone else has watched Brett, watched Brett Ritchie play this year. He has been terrible for this team. On the ice, he's not helping you win games. I just don't understand what he brings to the top six. So you asked me to try to explain it to you. I can't. <laughs> I really can't. Like, what does he do? Like, if you're trying to put yourself in Sutter's brain, why? Why is he there? Because he's big. That's it. That's all I've heard is that he's big and can skate when he gets going. That's the only thing I've heard. I do not get it. Does yeah. anybody know? Because he said, yeah, he's got some size. So? Unless you're going to utilize your size to have you know a positive impact in some way. It's not like he's making plays. He can't hit the fucking net. Well, exactly. Like, even if you put Lucic there, I'd be like, yeah, okay. That's a guy that's competent in his own zone. He's, bit, he's strong in front of the net, and he can score if he gets the puck in a good area, right? Richie can't do that. So why not Levo? Obviously, that's that's, that's the obvious. That is the obvious question. Why not yeah. Levo? Guy who can score goals, a guy who can play in his own zone, guy who can play drive. I like. It makes no sense to me. If you're gonna bump somebody up, and you know, obviously he's not necessarily the best option in the top six, but maybe he's, you know, he's, he's better than Richie. He's obviously he's, better than Richie. And like I've said a million times, he's one of the team's best uh, generators at uh, scoring chances in terms of the rate statistic. Cause he barely gets any ice time. Like that night he scored, he scored two goals the other night. He had like seven shot attempts, five scoring chances and like 10 minutes of ice. Yeah. The dude is efficient and he's great in his own zone and he's got a great shot, and he's really good in the corners, and I just don't understand why this team is so reliant on Brett Ritchie. It just makes literally no sense to me. And the numbers back it up. If you look at expected goals, four percentages at five on five, Brett Ritchie is below 50%, 47.49. Only a few forward skaters are worse than him this year. Joachim Nordstrom, Dominic Simone, and Dylan Dubé. So I would rather have Simone there. At least the guy can skate. This blows my mind. Like, I don't understand why this experiment is still going on. Especially when it's like, it seems mostly as a, uh, not a punishment. Well, maybe it is a punishment, but it, but it seems to mostly be Dubé related. So why, like, why, why neuter it... your top six to yeah. send Dylan Dubé a message? Seems pretty dumb. It is. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, like we said, I mean, fuck. If you lose one of these go one of these next three games to to Montreal, like you're done. It's done. It starts so, tomorrow, baby. Start starts tomorrow. Starts tonight. Starts tomorrow. Go learn from this. So, um, man, I don't know. And then. <laughs> Like, it's rough. It's tough to come on here and talk about this when your team is virtually irrelevant. Sucks being irrelevant. It's the worst. And, man, it's just, like, the fall. Like, the fall. We were the best team in the league, pretty much. 
two years ago. <sighs> it's mind blowing. And if you're going to be irrelevant, then then why? I get it. You're playing for the last shred of hope, and maybe he's doing things we don't understand in terms of you know building for next year, you know, setting a bar of what it takes to get that ice time. But at some point, when do you get to see these younger younger prospects? Well, that's the thing I'm like, is like, Hey, if you want some energy, you know, you want some compete, you want guys fighting for spots. You want, like, I guarantee you put Matt Phillips in over Brett Ritchie and Rosicki in over Nordstrom. Those guys are going to be playing their nuts off, dude. They're going to be playing. Like, I just don't get it. Are the heat still playing? Do they finish their season? They finished their season in the dome, but they are still have some road games left. So once once this debacle is finishly or officially finished, it's going to be interesting to see what steps Sutter and the management start to implement when when there's still games to be played this season. Well, that's what's get that, that's why I wish they just go ahead and get mathematically eliminated eliminated already, so we can kind of stop the charade <laughs> of like we can still do it starts tomorrow. Um, but that's when things will get interesting because, like, hopefully when that is apparent, there will be some changes made and a clear direction will be – not even a clear direction, but some dip, we'll see some different things because – Wouldn't that be nice and have uh, something and have something communicated? Just that's like, right. Hey, exactly. Here's, uh, here's how we're going to be moving from now on. That's yeah. how – that's why it's so frustrating right now, I think. I don't think. I know. For, for everybody – we don't know what's going on. There's never any changes. It's just all the same. All we hear is it starts tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we know. Oh, it starts tonight. Okay. What about the last 50 games? I just dread. I dread if there's an off season this year where they don't do anything again. Like, it just feels like we've been on this. We've been in this muck and mire. We have, I guess since the end of the Colorado avalanche playoff series two years ago, like it's yep. just been a long and slow, awful directionless, aimless death March. It's just been terrible. Boy, three years is a long time to be standing pat. Eh? It's just been brutal. Regardless of, regardless of success or failure, it's still painful to stand pat. Like, and you can't even enjoy anything like Lucci is a thousandth game thing. I didn't care about that. I was just like, this is dumb. <laughs> I can't enjoy anything anymore. It's just like, I I don't know where this team's going, and it's really frustrating. So let's just hope that, A, no, it's not starting. Nothing starts. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm sorry. My, my belief right now is 0%. I don't have a shred of belief in this group that they're going to do it this season. So, like you said, let's hope the mathematically eliminated shit just happens quicker, sooner than later. And then let's hope that you see some sort of vision that makes sense for the future moving forward. Communicated, explained, and acted on. Some kind of vision.